This is the ZMAR Podcast. Elite Benefits of America helps small and mid-sized companies with their health insurance programs. And now, your host, Butch ZMAR. So let's talk about a 50-mile run. Back in 2019, I took uh, the venture to try to say, hey, you know, let's try to ramp it up. It was quasi a last-minute decision. I didn't sign up for the run until mid-year. Uh, there was like three spots left. I got lucky um, to get in there because it usually gets full. I think it's because people, you know, canceled their request to be in the run. You know, the training, right? So I trained all the time. It was probably six to seven days a week. Um, I probably still didn't do all the running that I should have, you know, but I had a running buddy. Um, and then we also cross train. Uh, we did cycling. We did some other weightlifting activities. We did different type of runs. We did... Uh, uh, trail runs, uh, a lot of hill runs, and then we did long runs and short runs and just the constant pressure of trying to get to 50 miles, uh, including, I think it was May when we did it, maybe it was into early June of 2019 that we ventured out to try We were actually trying to hit our first uh, uh, 50, and then the day of, we're like, well, well let's just do 40. And then uh, we end up finishing at like one o'clock in the morning um, at uh, uh, 32 miles. And, and the pace was fine. So we started later in the day because uh, the storm was coming in the next day. So we just rearranged the schedules to make it work. And then we end up doing a recovery drink at the local bar because they were still open and they didn't have food. And so we end up having beer. But my whole point here is the consistency of training, consistency of scheduling and and just the perseverance to keep pushing through. I did the best I could based on the schedule. Uh, I still didn't do everything I could have, um, jumping the 50 miles. Uh, and this is not even run running a marathon the, the year before. So it was kind of like in January, I set out and said I was going to do 50 miles this year. Uh, I didn't know when, so I just started training. Um, I, I didn't have time to do all the long runs, didn't have time to do all the stack runs. But, you know, I did do weekly training six to seven days a week. Huh? And maybe part of it was lack of rest. It's hard, hard to say because I do other activities with the kids. I do a boxing routine um, uh, with another uh, friend of mine. And so there's a lot of things that get in the way because even on that run, as much as I was consistent about things, at around 32 miles, some pain really started setting in. I made it to 38 and no self-doubt was ever coming into play, but it definitely the push through I kept having to go. The pain ended up getting really, really bad. But um, again, there was no doubt in my mind I was going to finish this thing. It just took me a little bit longer. I eventually end up finishing it. Um, I, I still have some redemption. They give you 15 hours to actually complete it in this one run. It's along the Hennepin Canal here in Illinois. And uh, uh, I made it in uh, 1459. And so 14 hours and 59 uh, minutes. And so they give you 15 hours. But at least that was on the running clock. I wasn't there in the beginning. So I probably still had another five minutes anyways. But it gave me motivation because at one checkpoint, they actually had the clock and I was running short. And so I basically just ran uh, the rest of it, which also reminded me in a lot of training is that if the pain of growth is still there, um, you might as well go 100% anyways, because the pain will be there at 100% or 30%. So you might as well just go 100%. It isn't going to change anything. So two years later, I tried to do the redemption run of I'm going to reduce it. And the goal was to actually go from 15 hours 
and I wanted to get it between 10 and 12 hours. And, um, and based on past experiences with training, I should have been able to accomplish this. But this year, you know, this is uh, obviously 2021. I didn't run it last year. So 2021, um, we're opening up after COVID. All of a sudden, the kids' schedules just got super busy. Uh, the inconsistency of running really was there and just lack of consistency was a big part of it. Uh, I did run. I did still train uh, five to seven days a week in some capacity. I did my boxing routine. I played hockey. Um, so there were some sprinting exercises uh, involved, but I didn't get any of the long runs in. So compared to the two years prior, I probably had, I don't know, dozens of runs over 15 miles, uh, maybe even half a dozen over 20 miles. Uh, but here, I, I only had one long run at 18 miles, and I had barely anything to scratch the surface, even anything over 10-mile runs. And I thought I was doing good where I would run, uh, you know, 15, 20 miles in a weekend. So throughout the week, it might be 30 miles to 40 miles, but I needed to get the 50 to 60 miles per week, and it just wasn't there. And I think that was my problem with the other one where I needed to get the 50, 60 miles a week, and I was probably doing 45 to 55 miles uh, per week. And so, um, and that's equivalent because I did some cycling so I could prevent some injuries. So, um, I did equivalents of, uh, on a lot of it, we did, we swam too that year. I didn't swim 2021 that much. So just the lack of consistency and then, um, just, you know, just, you know, just didn't work out the way as planned. So the 50 mile ended up being a failure, but, you know, obviously there's successes that were in it. There was a lot of learning lessons. Uh, not only just from the consistency and the training, but also the run itself. I, you know, at 28 miles, I was pretty much done. Um, my, I, I had some ankle issues that were really starting to bother me. And uh, I was concerned because it wasn't in the muscle. You know, a lot, of the, a lot of the pain I had in the previous run was almost all muscle. I could sit there in a chair and I could rub the pain, right? And so it was all muscle driven. Whereas this one, I couldn't find the pinpoint where, where it was in the muscle. It seemed a lot more in the joint or, the, you know, the bone area. But uh, the good news is 24 hours later it was gone. So who, who knows? And it's never come back ever since. But so I had to walk from 28 to 32. It took a little while, but um, that's when we finally finished. But I tell you, it was one heck of accomplishment to make it to 32. And that was still within a reasonable time frame. I still think that was roughly 13-minute miles, which is slow compared to some of the runners probably listening to this podcast. But I'm telling you that 13-minute uh, miles in a race isn't all that terrible for uh, busy lifestyles. And so... So anyhow, it, it, it was de definitely a good run. It's just that there was a lack of consistency, which leads to, you know, some of the things I want to talk about. But um, leading into, you know, just the compared to lack of consistencies in other areas, and then we'll get it back to the workplace. So um, I was a huge scuba buff at one time. Uh, I still love scuba. Just the kids' hockey schedule gets in the way. Um, but um, we did very minimum, like quasi uh, scuba expeditions. It's more of just a bunch of buddies and said, "Hey, let's go do this," and this is what we're doing. Um, but on a bigger scale, there's scuba expeditions happening all over the world at any given moment in time. Whether it's photography, videography, shipwrecks, um, or research and development, or um, some experimental stuff, and so a lot of the time, or almost consistently, 100% of the time, everything has to be consistent. So the training has to be consistent, equipment and gear has to be consistent, 
um, it's it becomes a little bit more cult-like, and some people rebel against that in the scuba industry. But but from a big perspective, you need consistency to get the results, and the results are obviously what you're looking for. There are some expedi- expeditions that are get blown out um, along the way, and that's okay. But in order to get to the end result of where you're trying to go, or at least get enough data to keep moving forward, or come back and reschedule the whole expedition is you have to have some element of consistency uh, to get the results. Otherwise, you can't track the data. And consistency has a lot more to do than just like doing things on a repetitive basis. It has things to do with communications and they have control and chemistry. And there's all these these things. It could be trust and morale, a number of things that go into it. For some hockey players that are listening to this, don't quote me on the year or um, the program, but there was a program, it was it was a number of years ago, maybe 15 or 20 years ago, I, I don't remember the exact time frame, that the NHL thought that they would cherry pick the, the NHL league and throw them overseas for, it was like a tournament or something, um, playing overseas, and they thought they'd cherry pick all these best players, the ones with the best stats, put them together in a room and say, here you go. We're going to go play, you know, these, you know, countries overseas. We're going to do it for fun. It was in the off season. A whole bunch of players were all game for it. It was a lot of fun for them. But what they found out was because there was no practice, they just showed up because they thought, Hey, these are the cream of the crop and we're going to be able to just knock it out. And they didn't win much at all. And there was a lot of inconsistencies. There was lack of training between all of them, uh, even though they were the best of the best. Um, there, there, there wasn't chemistry between them, and so it just uh, the, it produced lack, a lack of consistency in the end, and so therefore they didn't have the results. And so um, even in business, if we move back to business, that you know uh, when we look at sales, um, usually lack of sales or usually lack of consistency of effort, um, and effort is just part of it. And so you have this ebb and flow of sales goes up and down in any business, especially small and medium sized companies. And so the lack of consistency really, really changes the results. It's just a lot of things that we already discussed at this point. What's the end failure, right? You, you end up quitting, but there's no repercussions. You change gears or cancel or reschedule um, or whatever it might be. It's very minimal repercussions. The problem that we have in the workplace is when we start dealing with employees and things start becoming inconsistent. So even if you look at, you know, obviously our industry needs to look in the mirror and have that reflection back on us. And even internally to a lot of insurance agencies out there is that there's no, there's no consistency between account managers. Um, and that's just status quo. That's not me trying to finger point and bash the competition. I'm just saying this is traditional for most agencies. Uh, there are agencies that are doing a better job. So, uh, if they're listening to this, I'm not calling, trying to call you and put you in that category. I'm just saying that there's a, Lacking consistency. So when it comes to servicing, sometimes a department head or uh, even a, the producer or salesperson that's in charge of their team or just team manager or whatever you want to call it, they can't track some of this. So they can't produce the same results over and over again. And so when account managers become uh, complacent or they don't have enough knowledge for something or they're on PTO or vacation or sick time. I mean, the list goes long. How does somebody really step in and help? Um, they could wing it, and but there's no consistency in winging it, winging it. And so we need to have consistency so you have the right results so people could stick around. And again, this is for any business, not just the broker community. But 
Also, um, leading into why I'm bringing all this up is that a lot of small and mid-sized companies are inconsistent with their HR. And so they're hiring, they're firing, the terminations, uh, the you know compliances, uh, the fringe benefit offering. Sometimes they're all over the map. We have companies that are in the hundreds and each hire is different. And so the paperwork is different. Some of them are filled out DocuSign. Some are filled out handwritten. Some are filled out in some other capacity. We try to move into electronic portal, but somebody wants to do paper. Like the inconsistency becomes an issue because not only you can't reproduce the same results that have satisfied and motivated profitable employees, now all of a sudden you're going to have pockets of like cancer culture where people, the morale is low and there's no trust and there's lack of communication and the list goes on. You got to have some form of, of consistency. And I tell you, it's super, super hard. Um, building a standard operating procedure will help with this. And our agency, because we learn along the way, we're not perfect by any means. We do have a standard operating procedure. Once certain things occur and the outcome wasn't the way that our expectations or client expectations that were on it, we modify it. So we make rules on it uh, because it cost us too much time, cost us too much money, and the end result didn't, wasn't favorable for the client. And so we'll change the way we do things and start building this list so that we have an internal rule. That way we have some type of judgment um, to go by or you know what needs to be done for employers and how we process that. And so um, it's hard to do and hard to build from scratch. A lot of these bigger companies, they, they could do it internally and they just re rinse and repeat on a lot of stuff. But a lot of these small and mid-sized companies, they're still running into these issues. So there's repercussions to this. That's where I'm headed, where um, when you have inconsistencies and you have um, things that are not favorable outcomes on a regular basis, you can't pinpoint it. Uh, you can't find the problem in the process in order to make uh, make things better. You're going to have issues. They're going to have issues with HR compliance. You're going to have Department of Labor violations. You're going to fly under the radar for a long time. You just need one. You just need one disgruntled employee, and all of a sudden you got an issue. And so, for sure, you got to keep things consistent um, and then make sure it's up to speed. Keep fine tuning it every year. You're not perfect. Nobody's perfect out there. And so, uh, you have to just keep fine tuning and adding it, making changes so that you come a little bit more consistent. You hire regular um, uh, in a certain way. You fire in a certain way. You offer the benefits. Everybody has to do it a certain way. It cannot be winged or uh, just thrown at the wall and seeing if it sticks or overlooked. And so otherwise you're gonna have some financial issues. Hey gang. Ever wonder what it's like to be a small business owner? It's confusing, weird expenses coming out of nowhere, and when you throw in health insurance, forget it. Nobody understands how that works. If you own a business, big or small, it's one of the biggest expenses you have all year long. And yet, we all wait until open enrollment at the end of the year, and then we think to ourselves, next year, next year I'll get a jump on it. And then it's another year of paying way too much. If you're a business owner, big or small, HR representative that wants to impress the boss, give Butch Zemar of Elite Benefits of America a call. Save yourself or your boss thousands or even tens of thousands of dollars a year. Reach out to Butch right now. 708-535-3006. 
or shoot him an email, butch at elitebenefits.net. And be sure to check out the Zmar podcast. Don't wait till the last minute. Put Butch Zmar to work for you now.